0: أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد سيدنا وسندنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا ومولانا صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد الحمد لله باء الله سفضل we have reached this مبارك uh, second night of Ramadan and uh, because of the moon sighting uh, and uh, how long it took to get the, uh, um, the confirmation of the moon being sighted in San Diego and then uh, Santa Cruz, uh, I was unfortunately unable to make it to the masjid for Taraweeh. And so, Alhamdulillah, mashallah, we just prayed Salatul al- Taraweeh at home with the children, uh, which had become a, a, a kind of a good habit of ours uh, last. Ramadan, uh, although a good habit built on the necessity because the masajids were closed. Um, by the time I got done with the uh, moon sighting meeting, one was able to gather the children together, um, maybe about an hour, 45 minutes to an hour it had already passed and would take another 15 minutes to get to the masjid, so we just prayed at home together, uh, w- which is also a great blessing, alhamdulillah. But uh, mashallah, uh, today we uh, got to go to the masjid and pray. And Although it was still with uh, you know a mask on uh, for a very long time, with you know social distancing, prayer rugs and whatnot, but still it's such a blessing. It really has been too long. It's such a blessing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala let us pray in the masjid. Whatever fear, uh, whatever uh, anxiety, whatever threat, real or perceived, uh, that was there that obstructed us from gathering the masjid last year. Alhamdulillah, that it's not there anymore, and that we have this opportunity to pray together uh, in the masjid, uh, taking, uh, obviously, precautions against what is a real issue, but also not overblowing it to the point where we uh, just, you know, wave our hands, and with that, wave the entire deen of Allah Ta'ala off. Alhamdulillah, thumma alhamdulillah, walillahi alhamd. So we continue uh, with this uh, book, mashallah, compiled and translated by Mawlana Tamim. Uh, called Guardians of the Prophetic Tradition uh, uh, with some anecdotes uh, regarding the mashaykh of the tariq and their uh, strict adherence to the sunnah and love uh, of the sunnah of the Prophet in service of it. So, uh, Shaykh Tamim brings uh, an anecdote from Imam Abu Bakr al-Tartushi. He relates that when Muhammad bin Wasi' who was the leader of all the Uh, of the ascetics of his time entered into the court of Bilal bin Abi Burda the governor of Basra with his lower garment to the middle of his shin Um, the governor of Basra said to him O Ibn Wasi' what is this ostentation Uh, meaning what Uh, obviously it's a sunnah for men to uh, wear their uh, wear their lower garment above the ankle uh, above the ankles all the way to the uh, middle of the shin nissus and this is known to be a sunnah, mashallah, it's mentioned uh, by Imam Ibn Abi Zayd in his Risala in Maliki Fiqh, and uh, it's it's just well known to be the sunnah of the Prophet وسلم, that your lower garment shouldn't drag. Uh, although the nisw-saq, the middle of the shin, is considered the upper limit, it's not good to make the lower garment uh, shorter than that, uh, although it's permissible as long as the aura is not showing the knee or what's above the knee, depending on which Madhab you follow, but uh, the point is is that the upper limit is the nisus saq And so what happens is that the governor of Busra Bilal bin Abi Burda, uh, he says, what uh, ostentation is is this? Meaning what? The man was following the Sunnah, and he accused him of showing off uh, for following the Sunnah. And uh, this is unfortunately a very kind of circular, uh, donkey-backward type of accusation that that people make and they still make to this day where if somebody takes the guise of the pious or the righteous uh, and dresses or makes their appearance look uh, like they're supposed to make it look whether it be uh, with uh, having a beard or covering their head or uh, wearing modest clothing or whatever people accuse them of being ostentatious where they're not being ostentatious and people say well you know on one side they'll say that hey look the uh, uh, you know the, the the outward appearance of a person is not as important as what's inside, which is technically true. But what what they mean by it is that the outward appearance isn't important at all, which is absolutely not true. Uh, it's just not as important as what's in on the inside, and both are important. And then uh, after saying that, they'll say, "Well, also by trying to look uh, like the pious, you're somehow showing off." Where if everybody knows that a person's what's in their heart is what counts then what they look like on the outside shouldn't be considered such a big achievement and it shouldn't be something that intimidates people all that much rather it should be a norm and a standard Uh, otherwise we'll accuse people who uh, mashallah clean their bathroom in the house or you know um, wash their car or wear clean clothes without stains of ostentation. That's not ostentation. Rather, what is it? In Allah Jamal, Allah Taala is beautiful and He loves beauty. Uh, things should be o- in order. The appearances of things should be in order to the ability that is possible and definitely, uh, you know, uh, in accordance to the dictates of the Sunnah. So the governor says to Ibn uh, Ibn Was'a, "What is this ostentation?" Ibn Wasir replied, "It is you who have made us ostentatious." For verily, this is the dress of the pious predecessors. All of you have linked in your garments so that the sunnah has become a bid'ah and ostentation in your sight. When I mean, you guys all abandoned the sunnah, and now when somebody actually dresses uh, or comports according to the sunnah, um, it sticks out and it becomes ostentatiousness for, for, for you people because the norm... Uh, amongst you has become uh, the abandonment of the Sunnah. Well, billah, Allah taala protect us. Sadly and unfortunately, that's also like where we are uh, nowadays today as well. Uh, whether it's the moon sighting or whether it's uh, a man keeping a Sunnah length beard, uh, which is that he doesn't cut it less than a fist length. Whether it become a person keeping the hem of their lower garment above their ankles. Whether it become, you know, a woman. Uh, dressing modestly rather than provocatively Uh, mashallah we've made even uh, hijab into a a mockery now uh, to the point where uh, you know the ladies in hijab some of them they dress and they uh, do their makeup with such particularity that it itself is something that attracts people's gaze and I'm not here to like you know criticize this person or that person I know everyone's you know at their own place in their journey whether it be brothers or sisters uh, everybody deserves a little bit of indulgence and a, a little bit of mercy uh, uh, in, you know, in, in getting their act together and in, in their, you know, journey toward Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. But it's still, you know, it's not just a piece of cloth on your head, and uh, uh, that, you know, covering your head is a, an obligation of deen, But if it's done without the right, you know, without the right understanding and without the right spirit, it itself, it, it's not any guarantee that a person is practicing modesty that even those you know girls who and ladies and sisters who try to dress plainly uh, and not attract attention to themselves oftentimes they're you know passed over and looked to the side uh, for all sorts of things, uh, whether it's for marriage or for uh, leadership roles or for uh, any sort of attention in education or uh, in uh, you know social uh, social matters. Uh, why? Because even though they're the ones who are practicing the sunnah, um, the, w- the ones who are ostentatious and the ones who have uh, uh, tried to you know, y- use you know, uh, the red flags uh, 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 of uh, you know, different types of visual cues to attract attention to themselves, they've made those ones into, uh, into the, the outliers, whereas that's the sunnah of the Prophet wasallam. Uh, The same thing with a man, that a man should wear white, that a man should wear... There's a a whole understanding of what the sunnah of how a man should dress is. And one of the beautiful things about having read A Khatam of the Shema'il of Tirmidhi in in a number of places. We read one uh, most recently in Sheikh Musa Sugapang's uh, Ummah Center Masjid in Columbia Station in Ohio. Um, One of the beautiful things about reading that book is that you see what the Rasul ﷺ wore. He was the one whose perfect fitrah was preserved intact the way that he dressed, the, the, the way that he comported himself. And uh, you know some of those things are known and some of those things are unknown. And many of the things that are unknown uh, are unknown and abandoned for that reason. Some of the things that are known about the sunnah of the Prophet وسلم, are abandoned anyway. Why? Because uh, uh, you know, like Ibn Wasi' says to Bilal bin Abi Burda, it is you who have made us ostentatious for verily, this is the dress of the pious predecessors. You all have lengthened your garments so the sunnah has become a, a bid'ah, a reprehensible innovation and ostentation in your sight. billah wal billah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us from having a crooked gaze that would look upon uh, that which Allah loves as if it's ostentation or as if it's impious innovation or deviance uh, uh, and such a crooked gaze that would look at those things that in some cases are literally the deviance against which the messenger of allah sallallahu alayhi wa warned and look at them uh, uh, with the with the eye of love and it's a problem you know it's a real problem it's a real problem some of us even those who are practicing and who are really serious about their Suluq, um you know our alienation from the Sunnah of the prophet sallallahu forget about the practicing of it for a second just inside the heart our alienation from it is is uh, is something that we really should be concerned about to the point where we see a man with a beard and we get as afraid of them as uh, you know uh, you know a, a anxiety laden um, you know grandma from Iowa uh, at the TSA checkpoint. Um, why? Because we've been ourselves trained to look at that beard, that turban, those traditional clothing, that hijab and that niqab uh, and that jilbab as if it's some sort of something threatening or backwards. Whereas uh, that was the sign of the pious and the righteous, uh, you know, from the entire history of the ummah, those were the signs of the people that the poor could turn to, uh, to be fed, and that the, the, the oppressed could turn to for justice, and that the confused could turn to for guidance and for advice, and that the uh, brokenhearted could turn to for solace. And if we ourselves look at it as if it's something uh, uh, like dangerous or something sub subconscious, but then you look at the, uh, the devils in suits and ties and the devils in, uh, you know, with, cle- you know, clean shaven faces and with makeup, uh, caked faces and think, oh, this is something I'm going to, you know, find something good with. You got another thing coming. And, uh, you know, when I say devils, I know I realize many of our brothers and sisters, they wear suits and ties and. Um, you know, our many of our brothers wear suits and ties, and our sisters wear makeup and whatever. And those things may be permissible; they may be impermissible. Uh, they themselves don't make a person into a devil. But the point is, is that those civilizational trends were set by whom? They were set by Shayatin that uh, declared enmity for the Deen of Allah Taala and and for the Sunnah of His Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, who declared that uh, individual freedoms and that uh, you know just a human being's own desires and ego is itself an ultimate truth that will guide how we live our lives um, and that resent the the idea that someone would bring the writ of the Lord and bring uh, 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 the words of revelation uh, to human beings in order to teach them how to live rather than uh, them being able to live themselves and for us to look at their archetype and their model as something uh, you know that we feel comfortable with or that we yearn for, or that we love, or that we have fondness and affection for. Um, suffice to say, it's a real problem. It, re- it really is a problem. It's, it's Allah Ta'ala, uh, cure the sickness that's inside the hearts. Ameen. Uh, Shaykh Abdul Qadir Jailani, rahimahullah ta'ala, wa qaddasallahu he said, The people of the Lord are the deputies of the prophets, So you should accept the instructions they give you. For they will tell you to do what is commanded by Allah and His Messenger wasallam) and forbid you to do uh, what is forbidden by them. Uh, they are made to speak, so they speak. They are given, uh, things are given to them, so they take. None of their movements are motivated by their natural impulses or their lower selves. Not because of their passions, uh, not because of their passions do they participate with the Lord uh, of Truth in His religion. They have followed the Messenger of Allah wasallam) in His words and His actions. They have taken heeds of the wor- heed of the words of Allah. Whatever the messenger (sallallahu alaihi wasallam) gives you, uh, take it. And whatever he forbids you, abstain from it. And keep your duty to Allah. wa uh, fear Allah, um, which is uh, um, from the surah al-Hashr. Uh, they have followed the messenger (sallallahu alaihi until he conveyed to them uh, uh, c- c- conveyed them to the the one from whom the message is being sent. Meaning they followed Rasulullah uh, until he conveyed them uh, to Allah who sent him. They have drawn near to him, uh, so he brought them near to the Lord of Truth. Uh, and this is a very, again, a very beautiful exposition of what the function of the Ahlullah, of the saintly people of God is, and how you can recognize them, that they're not people who just merely claim that we're the people of Allah, Um, so follow us. But the sign that you can see in them is that they are the ones who are following the prophetic teaching. They are the ones who uh, take heed to the prophetic words. They're the ones who uh, uh, dye themselves in the color of the prophetic example. Uh, And uh, they're the ones through, uh, through that process that will bring the people through the messenger to the one sending the message, who is Allah Ta'ala. Shaykh Ahmad Rifai, Rifai uh, uh, the great uh, uh, Shaykh uh, 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 who, uh, who was a founder of a tariqa, the cornerstone of which is humility. Sheikh Sidi Ahmad Rifai uh, Ta'ala said, O oh, honourable ones, the dervish uh, is treading the tariqa as long as he remains on the path of the sunnah. And the word dervish, that is, it's actually an English word from the Persian word darvish, uh, which means uh, the one who is, the, 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 the faqir, the one who has shown his neediness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the salik who travels the path toward Allah. It says, the dervish is treading along the path to Allah as long as he remains on the path of the sunnah. No sooner does he stray from the sunnah uh, than he is deviated. He also said, rahimahullah, Seek Allah by following the Messenger of Allah and beware of treading the path of Allah through the desires of, and the lower impulses of the nafs. For he who treads the tariq through his desires will go astray from the very first step. What does that mean? I a mean, person's like, well, I want to be a Muslim. Okay, I want to be a good Muslim. Okay, why? Well, I, I saw a really uh, cool speaker, you know, give a really good talk. And so now I want to become a speaker and give a talk. Well... The Prophet didn't come to make you a speaker who gave talks. What is it? I want to be a good Muslim. why? Because my, you know my family are all Muslims and we're better than everybody else. Well, the whole point of Islam is not to make you uh, you know fool of yourself and a vainglorious boaster who uh, you know plays identity politics and so it's a very convenient part of your uh, convenient part of your identity. Uh, these are very subtle tricks of the nafs. Um, and they can take a person down a path that looks very much like piety and righteousness, but really isn't. And the touchstone through which a person can see um, is this nafs or is this uh, deen, is the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu wa Because the Messenger of Allah sallallahu wa never played identity politics, he never put himself forward. In order to speak, so that he could be heard, he never valued uh, uh, leadership and and you know the opinions of people to the point where he was looking for likes and retweets and you know that type of uh, stuff. He really wasn't there to uh, be loved by the people. Rather, he was there to be uh, a slave of Allah Taala, which is the most beautiful thing a person can be, and uh, this is one of the. It's one of the. Uh, attributes of Allah's slavehood is that whoever uh, you know imbibes that color with vibrance that person will be loved by good people and they'll be hated by bad people and uh, you know there are oftentimes a person is in a gathering or amongst a people um, in which the evil or the bad overwhelms the good and so such people oftentimes are hated and reviled Uh, as we see uh, uh, examples of of which in front of us, in front of our own very eyes uh, all the time and so uh, uh, you know, whoever treads the tariq through their own desires, that person will go uh, astray from the very first step and whoever uh, uh, seeks by following the Messenger of Allah that person is actually traversing and making progress on their journey He also said Rahimahullah, O Honorable Ones uh, he used to address his students and his disciples l- like that again because the cornerstone of his tariq was what? was humility uh, he once said in the, in the, in the filled gathering that uh, uh, may I be gathered on the day of judgment in the gathering of Fir'aun and Haman in the, the gathering of Fir'aun and Haman of Pharaoh and his, uh, and his evil and despicable uh, Minister Haman, uh, if I think of myself in this moment as better than any of you, meaning what? That my own path requires me to think of all others as better than me. Uh, and this is something I've kept, you know, front and center in my heart. Uh, and if it wasn't something I kept front and center right now, um, may I be? Uh, raised up on the day of judgment with Pharaoh and Haman uh, uh, which is a very (laughs) extreme thing to say to say the least Um, so this is one of the reasons that he used to address his uh, address people with such humility so he'd say to his own students oh honorable ones revere and honor the status of your messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam. he is in the station of barzakh between the creation and the Lord of the truth. The word Barzakh is a Persian word um, meaning uh, barrier uh, and then it becomes arabicized. He says he is in the station of Barzakh between the creation and the Lord of truth. He is the slave and beloved of Allah, the messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the most perfected uh, creation of Allah, He is the most virtuous of all the messengers of Allah, the guide to Allah, the caller to Allah, the one who informs us of Allah, the one who takes from the divine blessings of Allah. He is the door of one and all to the divine court of the merciful. He is our intermediary to the presence of the all-independent Lord. He who connects himself with the messenger of Allah will have connected himself to Allah and he who disconnects himself with him or from him will be disconnected uh, Sheikh Tamim uh, continues he says Imam Haddad uh, 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 writes in his Kitab al-Ma'una uh, on the following uh, on following the sunnah adhere to the good manners of the sunnah outwardly and inwardly make them habitual to you and you will be perfected in your following and emulation of the messenger of mercy the prophet of guidance sallallahu alayhi wasallam If it would be pleasing to you to become one of the true saints, the Siddiqoon, then do not habituate yourself to any kind of behavior until you study it and ascertain whether the Messenger of Allah any of his companions or any of the leaders have thus behaved. If you find that they did not, uh, while able to have done so, then refrain even if it be something licit, something lawful. For they refrained from it only because of their knowledge that to do so was better. If you find that they did it, find out how they did it, then follow suit. A certain scholar who refrained from eating melon explained his behavior by saying that he had been informed that the Prophet ﷺ had eaten them, but that it was not known how he had done so, and this was why he had abstained from them. Of course, mashallah, this is something that uh, many people are not going to understand or appreciate. Uh, but uh, uh, you know, this is a type of death, ta'amuq, uh, that the people who love the Rasul ﷺ uh, go into. And this is the level of reverence for the sunnah that the companions, radhiallahu anhum, and the aslaf, the, the pious forebears had, uh, and the mashaykh the, the of the tariqah that are, are the ones that, that we take our guidance from, rather than the charlatans who kind of just make stuff up uh, as they go along. Imam Haddad uh, continues, Know that the one who observes prophetic good manners in his everyday activities is preserved by Allah from trespassing into base attributes and behaviors that are outside of them, and obtains the religious and worldly benefits that Allah has set through his wisdom within them. Anyone who would be pleased to become completely free and clean of impurities and human passions should make All his outward and inward motions and times of stillness conform to the law and follow the dictates of both law and reason. When the Sufis deprecate certain everyday activities, their purpose is to criticize the manner in which these are done under the influence of cravings and passions to excess and or with neglect of the good manners established by the sacred law. Imam Ghazali rahimahullah ta'ala said in his Arba'een uh, Fi Usul al-Din, the, founda- the 40 foundations uh, uh, of, of uh, the deen. After providing an encouragement to follow the Prophet sallallahu and pointing out certain secrets of this, he said, all this applies to everyday activities. As for acts of worship, I know of no cause for leaving the sunnah except for that it is not begotten of concealed disbelief or manifest foolishness. Know this that's really uh, deep and it's uh, uh, something really scary what did he say he said that when we talk about following the sunnah with metic- meticulousness um we're talking about like a person's daily habits and customs um and you know where there's like subtlety and nuance in uh, uh in what that discussion entails he says all this applies to the ac- everyday activities as for acts of worship, he says there's no more subtlety and nuance left here. Here you just follow the Sunnah of the Prophet. He says, Why? Because I know of no cause for leaving the Sunnah in an act of worship, except for that 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 leaving of the Sunnah has been begotten of concealed disbelief, of nifaq, of hypocrisy, or of manifest foolishness. That a person has just kind of just like lost a plot. And sadly we have many people who have lost a plot and are happy to have lost it and are afraid to pick it up again. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us uh, amongst the uh, people of uh, of ma'rifa of gnosis uh, the people of of deep knowledge uh, the people of uh, of his love and the people of the sunnah of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and the people who worship as he uh, Allah ta'ala as he worshipped them or at least make a good faith effort and attempt at least have some khaslah, some some attribute of the Rasul Wasallam's worship, even if it's very small, and even if it's one out of an, uh, you know thousands and millions of beautiful attributes of worship in the Messenger of Allah, just one enough so that Allah Taala can look at us uh, with uh, look at us with that one attribute, and that we um, he sees in us some small piece of the. Uh, uh what he sees when he looks at Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam the one that he loves and so that he may love us as well Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give all of us so much tawfiq wa sallallahu tabarak wa ta'ala wa sallam ala sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in jazakum allahu khairan Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give all of us so much tawfiq wa sallamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu